0: there is lack of trust in our healthcare system. I talk a lot about trust is two ways, and I think that's what this issue too is getting at the heart of, is patients trusting their doctors. Also, doctors trusting their patients.
1: Welcome to another episode of Advocates in Action, a podcast created by the National Patient Advocate Foundation, a nonprofit that develops initiatives promoting equitable access to affordable quality health care through policy action and partnerships. I'm your host, Ashley Freeman. Today, I'm honored to speak with Susan Perez, who is a health researcher. During her free time, she enjoys yoga, time with family, and cooking. Thank you so much for joining me today, Susan. I know you've partnered with MPAF for a number of years, and your work is closely related to our advocacy priorities. If you could give someone an elevator pitch about the work you do, how would you describe it?
0: So I'm trained as a health services researcher. I got my doctorate in nursing science and healthcare leadership. And I always joke that I'm not a nurse and I couldn't save a life worth my own life. But from that was this this interdisciplinary training on how to address and look at healthcare systems. So my area of research is I have expertise in centering the experiences of patients in healthcare research. That ranges from quality improvement, quality improvement measures, quality improvement initiatives, provider training, patient education materials, all the way to federal state level policy and hospital policy. And in doing all of those things, we have a lot of research data and information that goes into how we shape policy, information, quality improvement, or even identifying areas of need. And so I see my area as how might we capture the experiences, knowledge, expertise of patients to ensure that all the things that we do in healthcare are responsive and tailored to the needs of patients because they're those most impacted at the end of the day
1: around centering those experiences of patients. You also focus a lot on cost of care, which is very important for us because this season is all about financial and social needs navigation. So let's just start with some definitions for people who aren't necessarily familiar with this term. So what do people mean by cost of care discussions?
0: Patients at the time of care are often thinking about immediate out-of-pocket costs, like how much is it going to cost me when I walk out of this office? How much every time a doctor writes something down on their pad, whether it's a prescription or an ordering an MRI, patients are thinking those out-of-pocket costs. There's also the costs that come with, of course, insurance and monthly insurance costs, deductibles, and all of those things. So that's, that's kind of What we're talking about when we think of cost conversations, in the moment costs, when you're interacting with a doctor, they're thinking like every time a doctor writes something down, um, whether it's a treatment, surgery, prescription. And then another cost we don't often think about is the life costs. So let's say you're getting physical therapy and the doctor says, go once a week. And let's say that physical therapy is covered by your insurance Well, getting to the physical therapist's office, taking time off of work, parking, maybe you need to find childcare. Maybe you need to grab a bite to eat while you're at downtown. Those are costs that we often also don't think about too. They're not necessarily costs we have solutions for, but they are part of those cost conversations and considerations. Thinking about when a pregnant mother needs to go see a their doctor once a month for the duration of pregnancy and then once a week towards the end. How much does it cost them to park, get up to the hospital, take time off of work? I mean, just all of those things. It's incredible. First of all, is our healthcare system is not designed for transparency and it's not designed in a way that patients really understand or can anticipate any of those costs. So, I think it's even harder to even have a conversation about those costs because you don't even know what you're having a conversation about or even the words to describe or anticipate those potential costs as well.
1: Like you mentioned, overall, (laughs) the system is not designed for that level of transparency. But in the recent years, we have seen this be a topic that is more talked about. We have seen screenings for cost of care issues happening in the medical system. So what does that look like?
0: Yes, providers are trying to understand their patients' needs so they make these decisions. And I think it's hard because in the context of a doctor's office, where they're limited on their time with a patient, and often providers and doctors feel their hands are tied when it comes to social services or providing for patients in the larger context of those patient needs. Even if they don't screen for costs, they're looking for a number of social cues as well. They do look for certain hints that a patient might be experiencing challenges with costs, like not refilling their prescription medication or spacing out pills, skipping appointments. And so they are looking for what I call cost cues. And then there are screeners. I struggle with the screeners because if you ask a patient if they're food insecure, then as a provider, how do you respond to that? It's not that you shouldn't ask, but at the same time in asking, then I think it's important that we are able to identify solutions for patients and i think a lot of the providers who do ask do have those solutions the other part of this though is the patient end. and in interviews i've done with patients one of my favorite lines is my doctor has an md not an mba meaning like i'm not going to my doctor for a business transaction i'm going to my doctor for health and so whether or not i can afford my health care is none of his business or her business. And central to that is a patient's concern that a doctor will give them less than care or less quality care because the patient can't afford it. I think also another challenge in our healthcare system is that patients often equate the quality of their healthcare with cost. And so looking for lower cost options or even doing less is actually sometimes higher quality care. In doing less, you can perhaps save lives or save unnecessary procedures and surgeries. What's also interesting is when I asked about the doctor's assessing for ability to pay and all that, and one patient says, I just lie. I don't want the doctor to know and cost should not be a factor in how they treat me in my health care.
1: So that to me sounds like a really tough place to be in because on one end, we would like to understand the truth about what patients are going through, what their financial situation is, so that we as a system can provide those supports but like you mentioned there's the other side of how do we make sure that there isn't this level of judgment and there isn't unfair treatment how do we even find a balance between those two things so is there a solution for that
0: I I do believe there is. I think it's hard because there is lack of trust in our healthcare system. I talk a lot about trust is two ways. And I think that's what this issue too is getting at the heart of is patients trusting their doctors. Also, doctors trusting their patients. We see that a lot in our equity work where doctors often don't give patients pain medications because they think they're drug-seeking, and there's an assessment on that end. So that's an example of doctors not trusting patients, and we work so hard to get patients to trust their doctors, to trust that their doctor is giving them judgment-free health care. But my question is, are doctors actually giving patients judgment-free healthcare? Is a doctor based on race and, and socioeconomic status, are providers giving patients the same treatment and care? And I think our health outcomes really say no. And so sometimes I struggle as a researcher. Sometimes it's those concerns are almost are valid depending on who the provider is. But how do we get around that? I think it is working towards standardized care and pushing towards best practices and anticipating. So all patients will get this one medication. Like this is the medication you would give for patients in this situation. But you understand it's expensive. And you know what's so interesting about this conversation is the patients who are on public insurance traditionally have lower costs than those who do have insurance and high deductibles. And in many situations, doctors are making assumptions about patients' ability to pay. So let's say I work for this really fancy, well-known tech company, but that tech company might have a high deductible and I might have to actually pay a lot out of pocket whereas if I'm a publicly insured patient likely a lot of those costs might be covered by my Medicaid or Medicare. So it's kind of interesting that sometimes cost burden falls on those who appear more able to pay. To, though in the end I think there are some narratives that need to help like such as, you know, if you have trouble filling this prescription. The doctor can say things like, come back to me and my medical assistant will help you. I think when it comes to certain treatments, sharing with patients what the wait and see options are, right? Because sometimes wait and see is equally as powerful as getting that MRI today. It gives patients that permission and a path forward If something were to happen, because it's not always a cost issue, too. It could just be a logistical issue. Like, why aren't you filling your prescriptions? I'm a single working mom. I don't have time to go to the pharmacy every three months to fill my prescriptions. So even things as simple as like an x-ray and driving to the next town over, which is two hours away and back. I do think providers can say our nearest x-ray machine is two towns over Let's talk about how we can get there, regardless if you can afford the x-ray or not. uh, Four hours is a long time out of anybody's day. We can do better and just thinking through and
1: anticipating patients' needs of like... how I love that inclusion of looking at the other costs, you know, and realizing that it isn't just monetary, you know, time is a cost as well. Earlier when you were talking about providers being able to, to screen for these types of issues, you said that it's important that when screening, you also have solutions that you're able to identify. So are there any top solutions that you know of or that you've heard from patients or or even providers that are being used around the country to really help with these social needs?
0: as a health services researcher, I I look at solutions on the policy level. There are so many different programs. There might not be solutions for everybody, but I did some work with Consumer Reports and they had some incredible solutions and there's a lot of materials online. Like sometimes it's cheaper to do a mail order your prescription than it is to do pickup at pharmacy. Sometimes it's cheaper to go out of your insurance and pay out of pocket at places like Costco for certain medications. It's actually cheaper to pay out of pocket, go to Costco than it is to go through your insurance. There are numerous patient assistant programs through different drug companies where you could have your doctor fill out these coupons to help you afford your costs. So there are a number of options. And of course, you can do brand versus generic. I've also seen asking the doctor to do like a higher dose, but you split the pill or vice versa. So there are solutions. Unfortunately, it's not like one solution for all. But we got to fix this at a much higher level. And I feel like at a patient level, we're just kind of trying to nail pieces together to find it, to make it work for everybody.
1: Thank you for sharing those different resources. And I know you mentioned your work with Consumer Reports. And so this is a semantics question, but do you think of patients and caregivers as consumers or is there something fundamentally different about healthcare and the way we receive that?
0: I see individuals interacting at our healthcare system in three different ways. I see them as patients, consumers and community member decision makers. And it's about how you make your decisions. So as a patient, you're making decisions in partnership with your doctor or your healthcare provider. So as a patient, these are decisions your doctor makes and you kind of have to follow through on them because they're the doctor and that's what they said to do. As a consumer, These are decisions you're kind of making on your own. Choosing an insurance company, how to find the right pharmacy, shopping for the best place to get an x-ray or an image done. Even other things like if you choose to get holistic health, choosing a gym is a consumer health decision. Even choosing to exercise is a consumer health decision. (laughs) And then we have community members. I think we forget the power of our voice, of our advocacy, of our roles in communities and how that impacts our health. We do play a role in the decision-making as the people who vote on certain policies during elections. We do make decisions as community members who we choose to elect to represent us. And then how we choose to shape our communities. If we as community members advocating for more parks or advocating for more community centers so that it can serve our population or our elderly or differently abled individuals can also access health services. So that's kind of how I see how people interact with healthcare as a patient, consumer, and community member. And I think depending on where that person is in their health needs and just where they are in their life, They will need a caregiver to help them navigate those. I had an aunt who passed away of cancer, and it was interesting being her caregiver. You know, she was somebody who was cognitively ready and needed to make decisions on her own. But because of her limitations of ability, a lot of decisions did have to be made in partnership. Like, are you able to take me to the doctor's appointment? Or if I undergo this treatment, will someone be available to take me every week? So I think the role of the caregiver can absolutely work in partnership with those individuals at all parts of their identity of how
1: they interact with healthcare systems. That was a really unique view of the whole three-part identity and the way that we interact with the healthcare system. I've never heard it broken down like that before. The other thing that I think is important when we talk about financial and social needs navigation is the fact that sometimes people are diagnosed with serious illnesses that can require them to have care for years. Now it's not a one-off situation. So why is it important to recognize that things change and people change over time? And the importance of having these discussions at different points along that journey and realizing the care plan might have to change. How do we really embrace that and have those discussions? When it
0: comes to chronic conditions, we know enough in healthcare that we can often anticipate a lot of outcomes and prepare for them. And I think it's important to have those conversations. There are different situations where someone's in the different levels of pain at any time. and Those moments of clarity, you don't want to be talking about all the impending things that might happen. But speaking personally in those experiences it's helped provide a sense of security and stability that you know in that next moment when you no know, when something turns we have a plan and it's also the financial aspect of it I think it's hard because medicine is so incredible these days that people are, outliving expectations. Even in my own personal experiences with an aunt who was really sick, we can only afford in-home care for this long. So she put off in-home care for so long and really exhausted our family. It was really hard. We did it till it pushed us to our end. And we're like, finally, we have to do this because we just can't anymore. So having those conversations up front understanding and anticipating the potential costs, and really just having to weigh the pros and cons and making those hard decisions in partnership.
1: Thank you for sharing about your personal experience with caregiving. In the healthcare field, I feel like people always have an important story or something that drives them to find this work meaningful and a part of their life's purpose here on this earth and when you opened you said it's about centering the experiences of patients so for you what drew you to realizing the importance of this work? I
0: think what brought me here was seeing that our healthcare system or the patriarchy of our healthcare system makes patients fearful and behave in ways that is contradictory to their own health and health care, that we often became frustrated with patients for not complying and adhering and then punishing them when they couldn't. Things like working at a federally qualified health center and wondering why a farm worker wouldn't come in until they had like full blown diabetes and their sugars were through the roof. Well, of course, because they get paid by the hour and just fear of getting access to healthcare and what that meant due to their documentation status. All the way to now, that the work I do right now is we see data that persists when it comes to racial, ethnic, and socioeconomic outcomes, that we still continue to see disparities. And we still continue to see disparities because we aren't asking people what helps, what works we've had the same problems persist for over a hundred years. I always quote basically since the mid 1800s when the CDC started capturing birth outcomes of black mothers versus white mothers, infant and maternal outcomes. And we still see those disparities today. And what's the one common thing that we've been doing since then is fixing the system by asking doctors at the top. we have not yet created measures around what patients think is important. Right now we have measures around diabetic sugars. We have measures around C-section rates. We have diet measures around numbers of appointments attended, but we don't have quality measures asking patients of things that really matter to them. I do know that a lot of organizations are getting there I think we see the needs and values of patients as auxiliary as an add-on to healthcare but what if we put payment incentives around these patient-centered measures in our systems the government systems held researchers accountable to creating measures that were methodologically based on the needs of
1: patients if there's only one thing that you could change that would improve the patient experience what would it be?
0: I just did an evaluation of this incredible primary care program called Firefly and it's a completely virtual experience for patients for primary care. I had the opportunity to talk with a number of their patients and patients range from being completely healthy to having chronic conditions. What's incredible is at any moment you text and you have access to your healthcare team, like everybody on this team is getting it. Mental health person, you know, was also part of that team. And they had a health navigator where that person says, what are your goals? And that person was available to this patient when the patient needed. It was an incredible example of how innovation like that can completely transform how we think about healthcare, interact with our healthcare systems, and improve quality.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And clearly the work that you do is important in the impact that you're making. What keeps you going? What do you enjoy most about the work that you do?
0: I just love hearing other people's stories and being in a position to do something about it. I'm a very practical individual and someone that always feels like they need to do something. I think there's a huge need and I think in the field there's not a lot of knowledge of how to really be sincere and effective in centering patients, really seeing patients as experts in healthcare and showing them that. That's what keeps me going is that it it can be done. And I think I'm also excited that in my mind, it's a pretty novel area that I think not a lot of people know how to do it. And people who are, sometimes it goes really, really great. And when it goes great, it's some awesome outcomes.
1: It's exciting to me. I'm Ashley Freeman, and thanks for listening to this episode of Advocates in Action. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Your support is greatly appreciated. We enjoy connecting with our listeners, so please visit our website at npaf.org slash podcast for show notes, resources, and ways to engage with us on social media. Thanks for listening.